Manimal here. It's Friday, February 2nd. Today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I are going to talk about the big trade that happened last night. We're also going to talk about non-roster invitee Wyatt Langford, and we're going to preview that AL Central. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And hey, we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YDK Kevin Frazier, just reminding you in case you forgot. Your Texas Rangers are the defending World Series champions. So we are pumped to tell you that it never gets old. If you want to hear me talk about it on social media, you can find me at Kevin Lee Frazier. That is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. You can also find Texas Rangers with the boys on social media, TX Rangers, WTV. You know what else? You can find us on the World Wide Web at TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All one word. And joining me today, as usual, my co-host, the 300-pound animal, a.k.a. Bull. How you doing, buddy? Where can they find you on socials? Doing good. First uh, first off, doing real good. Uh, you know, the, the calendar flipped, and it's now February. So, yeah, uh, you know, we're doing, doing real good. It's the equivalent to, to Cowboys fans, some that, you know, aren't big Ranger fans that listen to the show. It's like when July flips over. And you're like, oh, man, training camp is right around the corner. And for so many years, you know, the Rangers had made you miss, mm. you know, uh, training camp and the Cowboys. And uh, so for us baseball nerds and baseball heads, uh, um, today, February 1st, um, I guess the show kind of February 2nd, whatever. We've been doing it kind of weird throughout the post or the off season, trying to make sure we get you know, more content uh, on less nights and all of that stuff or whatever we've been doing throughout the, throughout the off season, but we're ramping up for that season. And I got to imagine in the next couple of weeks, me and you will be back to that four nights a week, making sure we get a, a, a show in and, and keeping that farm system show going, because I think that's such an important catalyst to what we do. And, uh, you know, the farm is where the, where the organization's future lies. So, you know, I've probably went on way too long of a tangent, so I'll just get right into it. Twitter, Manimal Bull, Instagram, Manimal 300, and both Facebook, TikTok, at Bull Pro. So whatever your favorite platform of the social medias are, find me on there. We'll start talking about these Rangers baseball team or this Rangers baseball team that's heading to spring training. Yeah, yeah, let's definitely do that. And you know what, man? Um, big news. The well, before we do the big news, I got to let everybody know that today's show is brought to you by 
Matt War Pro Wrestling. Matt War Pro Wrestling last Friday night had a huge show out at the Southside Preservation Hall, packed to the rafters. People were actually in the swimming pool upstairs because it was so packed in there. Uh, Martin House Beer giving out, uh, brewing, giving out all the free beer, and uh, everybody having a really good time. And uh, so we just planned on doing it again with Martin House Beer at their place Saturday, March 24th. It's going to be a big time. It's the Hell's Half Acre Tournament. If you were there last year, you know it's a fun event that, uh, that really – showcases a lot of athletes and in the ring at the same time and a lot of athletes um you know vying and competing for uh, for a chance at that trinity river heritage title so we're looking forward to saturday march 24th it's going to be a big time starry's ice cream is going to be on hand and hey look honestly if you if you really want some starry's ice cream that bad you know what call ahead or email her ahead and and have her Bring you some pints because she'll do that too, and uh, you know it's totally worth it. The misses will be happy. Oh man, that's all I'm saying. The misses will be happy. Um, um, food will be on hand. Our normal sponsors aren't going to be there with it being at Martin House, but um, it's going to be a big time. We're looking forward to it. The Hell's Half Acre Tournament is going to be fun, and uh, hopefully, I'm invited to be a participant this year. Well, I absolutely hope that you are. Um, last year was an absolute blast. Uh, I couldn't, man, it was just a, it was just a great time. And, uh, my, my wife, my wife, you know, kind of new to wrestling shows and stuff. Uh, she had a great, a grand old time, made some, made some lifelong friends there. So it, uh, you know, a, a great time and, and actually drove by the Martin house brewing on my way to uh top golf today. So I, uh, I kind of, you know, kind of got a quick little, uh, quick little, little peek at the, where we're going to be at. So, um, really excited about it. Now let's jump into the show. I, I'm going to go on a limb and say, you know, obviously Shohei Otani was a big deal this off season, biggest deal of the off season. I think the move that just happened with the Baltimore Orioles was the second biggest move that's been made in this off season, because I think the most, the premier, the, the second most premier player that's moved right now in like since um this off season has began that move was made uh just today yeah, yeah. corbin burns is a, a huge piece he's a great pitcher um i think the one thing that would maybe keep it from being the biggest move of the off season is him just having that one year of arbitration left that's already been settled um baltimore knows what they're paying on it uh but again we just talked about last show how Baltimore has been sold to a couple of uh, uh, billionaire uh, billionaires that are going to be uh, hard pressed to bring championships back to Baltimore, and uh, you know this could be one of those things where they're bringing Corbin Burns there with the idea that uh, they're going to pay for him one year and then move on from him, or this could be the idea that. Baltimore is going to start making premier moves after this season. And the first one they're going to make is Corbin Burns. Yeah. I mean, the, the re the, somebody's going to pay Corbin Burns next year. It might. Oh, there's no question. 100%. I mean, the guy's got a Cy Young. He's good every year. Um, Maybe not Cy Young caliber every year, but you know, a lot of that could be pitching in Milwaukee and, and not having, you know, all the attributes that you would have with a, a world championship quality caliber team. 
Yeah, I, I think um, in terms of just player caliber, um, I think that's what I'm kind of kind of alluding to when I talk about, you know, the biggest move of the offseason. Oh, and yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying 100%. I'm just saying that, like, maybe the reason it's not the biggest move of the offseason is just because of where he stands on his contract and, and where the uh, Orioles stand as far as ownership right now. Well, then that will probably make it the biggest move of the year next year because... When the, yeah, if they sign him unless, like, you know, Rocky Sasaki or somebody like that comes over and is just takes the world by storm. But, I mean, you got to remember, he's going to be on international signing money. So um, he won't be able to be like, oh, I got eight years and he'll be more on like the Otani deal with with the Angels where uh, in a handful of years from now, he could definitely be pulling in 20 or $30 million if he's successful in arbitration. Yeah, and, and the thing about Burns is that like we kind of know – um, we know what we know what we're what we're getting him. Uh, we don't always know what what it's going to look like with these. Um, with well, these- and and you look at it, and you know we were talking about Burns and and what the, you know like maybe the the comparison of what the Rangers would have had to have given up to kind of to get the same prospect or to get the the same year out of of. Um, uh, Burns and you know probably would have started at like Brock Porter or Sebastian Walcott and then you would have had to have added like probably Foscue or something else that's close to the big league level that's a high prospect and then you know the Rangers big problem in this looking at this trade is they didn't have a draft pick that they could send over that was compensation so uh, you know Baltimore had that and I believe it's from Gunnar Henderson winning Rookie of the Year. So, you know, we talked about that last year, why it was so important for Josh Young to not clear his rookie eligibility last year in September was so they could make sure that they had an opportunity to get a first-round draft pick if he won the Rookie of the Year. So, you know, I mean, that's why that pick is so important because I think all the compensation picks, I'm pretty sure that you can trade. And that's where the Rangers didn't have they, you know, they don't. They didn't have that. Hey, you can pick your own guy at 34 next year in the draft. They had, you know, maybe Skylar Hales or, um, or maybe the want was too high and like Emiliano Teoda or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the Rangers probably would have had to come out of pocket a little bit more because they don't have that that pick. Yeah. And they might be a little bit scared off right now of sending Ezekiel Duran in any kind of trade just because the they're a little uncertain about what Corey Seager is going to look like at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that is. And again, I've always been of the assumption that Ezekiel Duran probably isn't going to get trade, traded midseason. I mean, uh, in between this year, last year and this year, just because of the fact that they've got a lot of what ifs mm-hmm. with the club. And if those what ifs turn into sure things, you know, then Ezekiel Duran might be more likely to be shipped off, you know, mid season after they've had some things come to fruition. Yeah. I, I, I think you're correct on that. I, I mean, I think the Rangers right now, one of the, the, the more positive narratives that you could spin with this team is just the fact that there's so many players young players 
that really kind of need to really we got to see what they what they're gonna do, or or, or honestly they need to be traded. You well, know? and that's a hundred percent where like you've got this first half of the season to really learn and then decide what you're going to do in that second half of the season with those guys or next off season at this time, whenever, you know, guys are coming to the market and you're kind of deciding, well, is it time to give up on Jack lighter and go get us a, a starting pitcher with him or, or whatever the case may be, but you've got to kind of learn that much this year in this kind of timetable that they've set up for themselves. And I don't think that, I mean, honestly, I don't know that Corbin Burns was ever on the, on the run sheet for the Rangers this off season at all. Um, so I don't know if, you know, the, the ask was too high or if the Rangers weren't willing to come off of some of these guys that, you know, they feel like are going to be players for them in the future. Yeah. I, I think you bring up the <laughs> point that I think Corbin Burns was on our, our, um, well, of course, yeah, we're marks that yeah. love yeah. the Rangers, that want to see the Rangers do what, you know, I'm in, you know, we want to buy merchandise. And, you know, I got a Corey Kluber uh, um, mask from 2020. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you want to be able to get those guys, you know, like, so I get that stuff. Or, I mean, uh, Corey Kluber, right? I said instead yeah. of, yeah, I mean, so. You know, um, I don't know at the end of the day if Corbin Burns was even on the list for the Rangers, um, you know, but at the same time, uh, I thought that the get for Milwaukee is going to end up being pretty good, but we'll find out as we get farther along in those guys' careers. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, you know, it's just going to be a time will tell thing. and I And I really believe that, you know, but it really solidifies the Orioles' rotation with some of those young guys, him, Jack Flaherty, um, Bradish, um, uh, you know, some of those guys we talked about the other day. So, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be a little more interesting this year, and I'm looking forward to, you know, Baltimore being good again. Yeah, I think Baltimore, man, I mean, they're, they are kind of, kind of doing the overcompensation thing just like the um, – the Dodgers did just maybe kind of in their own way. And well, yeah, like the bargain bin way, it's like getting the nice stuff at the outlet mall. And then like, Oh shoot. Now we got to go to the real mall and get it. Yeah. The next time. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a difference, uh, getting them Jordan from the outlet mall. Um, then, uh, you know, get every once in a while, you may find a pair of Jordans at Ross. That, hey, it happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if you want to guarantee on the Jordans, you should probably go to the Nike store. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Well, and Corbin Burns, yeah, I would say like that's just kind of I don't know, it's kind of we've been we've been kind of sitting on this one waiting to see what's gonna happen with it. It's happened. Wasn't quite the outcome we were hoping for. Yeah, and Milwaukee's offseason has been kind of wild and wacky, so we'll see what happens with them. Yeah, it has. And and it's funny because Milwaukee will probably go out and win as many games as all yeah. the teams, <laughs> you know. There's a good chance. There's a good chance. And, I mean, like, they've still got good, talented players. And there's a good chance that in the next 15 days we may see some more of those guys go by the wayside for Milwaukee and become other teams' pro- property. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's probably going to be a lot of movement here in the next couple of weeks, just considering that camp is getting close to uh... probably some. Yeah. And we're going to start seeing movement. We're going to, I mean, somebody's going to be like, well, you know what? It's worth it to pay Blake Snell. Someone's going to talk themselves into paying Jordan Montgomery. Those things are going to happen. I mean, the, the Astros talked themselves into Josh Hader. So, you know, anything is possible. Yeah. And the, and the, and I would say like the, 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 the speed of which some of these moves happen um, also is uh, probably going to, there, there's going to be some panic moves get made. And I think the Rangers are not in, they're just not in that mode right now. I think the Rangers. Yeah, I th- and I think, I mean, like, I think it's going to pay off in the end. I think, I mean, I don't think it's going to be as, Mm-mm. you know, as critical as everyone believes, you know, with the starting pitching and the rotation going in. But then at the same time, I mean, you know, you got one injury in the in the in spring, and now you're kind of in a little bit of a panic mode. Yeah, well, I'm also going to say we have something, and I've said this probably a hundred times now because we've done 300 shows almost, but I've probably said it a hundred times. We have something though. We have the ace in the hole. We have the X factor in, we have a, a, um, an intangible with this team that can never be discounted. And it sounds cliche at this. It's going to sound cliche at this point, but it's still true. No matter how cliche it sounds, we have a coach who has done this before, who has won with high-priced veteran free agents. He's won with young guys. He's won with a mixture of it. He's won with, I mean, the teams that he's won with were so diverse. And even one of those teams only won 88 games in the regular season. So, Well, and also remember, remember that one thing that Bruce Bochy has never done with all of his championships and all of that – He's never won back to back. No, he hasn't. Nope, has not, has not. And I well, that's one thing. So I mean, I'm you know not saying, you know, that that's important to him. I have no idea, but that's one thing that he has never done. He has never won back to back championships. So you know who uh, that so. is important to though. Nope. Important to me, and uh, I want to see Bruce Bochy get it. And of all years, this year would be so great because of all of the uncertainty around you know the team well and you know last year there was a lot of excitement going into spring training but i don't think anybody really expected the rangers to win the world series Uh and this year there's expectations that the rangers will a have never had as an organization dating back all the way to 60 with washington in washington so those expectations have never been as high as the rangers expectations are right now even in 2020 or 2010 coming off of a world series you know you know 2010 to as much as i do felt like it was a happy to be there thing it really did and it's kind of it, that kind of stuff bothers me um because it's just it's not a mindset i share and uh you know i guess you give me the whole well who are you or you know whatever but doesn't really matter that that part's irrelevant i just don't share that mindset i i, I want my team to be thinking about how we can cash in. And so um, that that's what I want the Rangers thinking about. And I think for now, and I think now, and, and as long as this current rendition of the roster exists, that's going to be what we're thinking about. And that's what gets me excited that, look, next year, they proved last year 
that anything is possible no matter what the odds. And again, if they can get past, get to the second half of the season, given the circumstances that they're going into the first half with, the 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 confidence levels is going to be. I mean, they they could be the team to beat in the second half of the season because of the fact that this seems well, and, to do anything, and even into the playoffs because that rotation could be unworldly going into the playoffs with with John Gray being as low as your fifth guy. That's wild. You know, I mean, like. That's that's where you're looking at Degrom on top, and you've got Evaldi, Scherzer, um, Molly, Gray, and then you're looking at Bradford, and then whatever uh, uh, you know kind of uh, jumps out to the forefront from the AAA guys during that first half of the season. So, like, I mean, it can be really, really, really strong come end of July if everybody's back healthy and throwing the ball well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the, I, I, again, I just, I really don't have, a, I, I really do have a lot of optimism and I do think that this is really as strange as it seems, as strange as it is given the timing that we just won our first world series. I think you have to, in this kind of pocket of timing right now, you have to either, find out what you've got with this plethora of young talent or you need to trade them and go get a piece or two and bring back a couple. Wait on the next round. Yeah. And wait on the next guys. You got to do one or two. And if the Rangers are committed to finding out what they've got, I actually like that plan better because look at how it's been sustainable for teams all throughout, like over the last you know few years, when you think about um, Milwaukee's a great example of that. When you think about uh, the the Cardinals are great about that. The Tampa Bay Rays do that really well, even though they spend a ton of money at the top of the at the top of the heap. The Dodgers are good about doing that. I mean, the Dodgers, the guy gets a, their shortstop goes down, best player on the team goes down, and they're like, "Oh, we'll call a guy up," and he goes and hits. And, and you know, like when Seager went down a couple of years ago, it wasn't working out at the trade deadline. Oh, we got the prospects to go across town and get Machado. He's a rental. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Baltimore gets themselves in a position to where they continue, you know, uh, collecting prospects off of guys and 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 the Dodgers get what they need. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think um, I, I just think the Rangers, if the, as long as I know what they're doing, they got a plan. Sounds like they got a plan. I want to see what these young guys do. Um, you know, the Rangers do have. Is it is it? Commercial time? No, no, no. It's not commercial time. No, we, we need. You know, we were going to talk NRIs today and yeah. talk about the plethora and all like twenty-three guys that the mm-hmm. Rangers are going to go. But I think it's more exciting to talk about one guy at the top of that list of those NRIs that are invited. We could talk about Lighter and and the, some of those guys in Toyota that are being. But I want to talk about Wyatt Langford okay. because. This is a kid like, and when we talked about this right before we went on the show, I would be happy if Wyatt Langford made the club out of spring training. Mm-hmm. And I would also be happy if Wyatt Langford started the season at Frisco. Right. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that like, I would be like, oh man, yeah, Frisco or whatever. But you're also talking about a guy that's 22 years old, 
that if he doesn't make the big club out of the out of spring, you know, the best place is the Texas League because that's where all the 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 best prospects, in my opinion, are at Double A. Right, and uh, you know he'll he'll see a lot of the top pitching prospects in the game, and he'll he'll have a chance to you know you know. I mean, if he goes to round or if he goes to Frisco and rakes in April, they're not just going to keep him there. Right. You know, he'll move on and he'll move up. And, you know, you can very easily see his route being similar to Evan Carter's. Um, but if he stays healthy, it could be a lot quicker. Yeah. Yeah. And he could also make the team out of spring. And I'd be like, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. The thing about Wyatt Langford that stands out to me, and again, I've, I've only seen like, clips of the guy i don't know a ton about him all i can say is that his minor league numbers and then the time that he done he's done it like in to make it from rookie ball all the way to triple a and slash crazy numbers all the way through the system in 44 games that does not happen at all in in the big leagues and i'm talking like Bryce Harper didn't do it. Tatis Jr. didn't do it. Vlad Jr. didn't do it. Like all of your phenom players, you know, um, he who shall not be named in uh, the Dominican Republic, he didn't do that. You know, the closest guy I can even see even currently that's kind of had a little bit of that, but he's been there for two years would be Jackson Holiday. And it's like modern players, there's no real context for this. You have to start going back to guys like, Will Clark or Barry Bonds even to get a guy that just torched the minor league, the minor league yeah. in a short period of time that just doesn't happen. And and I said that we said this a while back with Langford, or I said it, it it's and in a good way. Like I don't mean this to like kind of sound cliche or or it's not like if I try to put pressure on him, he knows who I am or he's gonna be like, Oh, why is this guy? But like that, that Kevin, you, you, YBK, I'm coming for you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's more like, look, it's boom or bust with him at this point now. I mean, he's put himself in sh- a short period of time in like very, very unique, um, very exclusive company from just the small sample, just that small sample size. Because you would think, okay, you know, yeah, great. He goes to uh, the complex league. And then he goes to, to, to high A ball, and sure, he torches them for 44 games. Okay, great. Come back and do it again next year at double A. No, he didn't do that. He, like, torched his way through the whole farm. Like, the whole oh, thing. Yeah, I mean, he played at four different levels, and he looked like he was supposed to be there at all four levels. Right. And there's actually, actually I take that back because he didn't look like he should have been there at the Arizona complex and at Hickory. It was like, he shouldn't have been there. Yeah, he was too much. He was so much better than the rest of that, those players in that league. Um, and he's a special case too, because he's not like a Sebastian Walcott that you're getting at 17 years old and that you're going to nurse through the system and try and, you know, get him to the league at 21 or 22 because he's already 22. Yeah. So, you know, and I mean, look, of course I was of the, of the belief throughout most of the season last year that like what Evan Carter was doing was more impressive at the Texas league than what Wyatt Langford was doing in the sec. 
Mm-hmm. But once he started doing it at the at the same levels mm-hmm. and and torching starting pitchers, uh, uh, some of the best starting pitchers in in the in the minor league systems, you're starting to think, okay, this guy is special. This guy has something. This guy is exactly what I kind of thought he was because I think I told I, I've told you this, but I haven't told a whole lot of people this. I mean, like. Like Wyatt Langford, like the Detroit Tigers taking one of those high school outfielders. That was on my prayer list for a little while. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, let's let's add this in here. I mean, I know it's not going to do anything, but you know, I mean, like, but like when Max Clark was taking over Wyatt Langford, that was like the most joyous occasion of the season besides the World Series for me. Yeah, well, and it's like, man, we were, we were, we we had talked about him already you know kind of off uh like we had already talked about him down on the farm well remember totally. when we uh when we first started doing uh the, we got close to the draft and we were kind of talking about guys that might still be there when the rangers were drafting he was like that guy that we were like if he's there this is the guy i want i mean of course skeins and uh Cruz are both fantastic baseball players but i don't think they're going to be there at four so if he's there at four, I want that guy. Right. And that's, you know, that's what happened. You know, Clark gets drafted at three, which I think Max Clark is going to be a fantastic baseball player. He's good. I think he's going to pan out for Detroit and he's going to play in that outfield, probably be a really, really good left or right outfielder for the uh, Detroit Tigers for a lot of years. But, you know, Wyatt Langford was like, he could step into a big league lineup in other teams besides the Rangers and maybe even the Rangers at that point. I mean, getting drafted last year. I mean, uh, if he was in like Los Angeles, they would have probably done the same thing that they did with Shanuel with him. Yeah. So, well, I think we've talked a lot about Wyatt Langford and we've made reference to our uh, exclusive content down on the farm with the boys. I mean, you kind of have to be living under a rock uh, to not heard about Wyatt Langford. But you mentioned Sebastian Walcott, who was the top international signing last year. Uh, we have been going over our current international signings uh, right now on our exclusive content. And what it is is it's our uh, we're, it's our exclusive content where we cover all things minor league uh, as it relates to the Texas Rangers on this show. So basically all the way from, uh, you know, Dominican summer league rookie ball, all the way up to triple a, uh, even the, the fall leagues, the, 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 all of it, you just name it. We're covering it. Uh, when it, yeah, when the draft, uh, when it relates to minor leagues, we have prospect lists on there, uh, deep dives into each organization level from 2023. We've been going over the starting pitching rotations, um, and the depth of starting pitching at each level, uh, that's been our we just finished or wrapped that up we did uh, top 10 right-handed pitchers in the organization top 10 lefties in the organization so basically we are just kind of oversaturating you with information and content as it relates to the texas rangers minor league system it's really awesome there's nothing you won't know about this team uh, if you're following that exclusive content and you're checking out our show here uh, Texas Rangers with the boys that can make us your one-stop shop for all things Rangers. All you have to do is go check us out on the World Wide web at texasrangerswiththeboys.com. All one word. Yeah, or you can even go to our Spotify page and check us out there and you can hit that subscribe button 
It's just a dollar ninety nine. Um, as of today, it's going to be the best twenty two dollars you spend in twenty twenty four. Doesn't sound as cool as the best twenty four you'll spend in twenty twenty four. But for two bucks a month, man, you're going to have all the Rangers content you need, and that way you can be that guy or that gal uh, at all the Ranger games this year, being like, "Oh, I know that guy. He played at so and so at so and so." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that guy. He played it so and so. I remember him when when the boys were talking about it. And so uh, that's what I do now because of uh, because of this show. So check us out. Uh, so go go subscribe. You won't regret it. Uh, you get all the baseball that you need. So yeah, and just run it like uh, football season. Like you know, twenty four dollars in this set of twenty four, and like you know, I mean, next year in February or in January when you pay, you just be like, oh. Put it on Jan. Put it on twenty twenty four's taxes. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Just, right. I mean, make it work. Make it work. The sale runs all the way through December. Yeah. Write it off, man. No problem. Um, well, I guess we're at we're to the oh man, AL Central. Ooh, yes. Yeah. The the the. I don't know. I want to say like boringest fun league in the. Yeah, it's kind of. Like- it's like it's. It's got like there's like really good players in the central. I mean, you know, I guess we'll start here with Minnesota, who won the thing last year, right? I mean, they got some good players. Royce Lewis is a good young player who's had some injury problems early in his uh, uh, prospect career, but he's kind of made his impact on the league last year. They've got, uh, you know, Byron Buxton, who they're hoping that he's going to be healthy, um, trying to get that same production again this year from Max Kepler. And then uh, Carlos Correa, I mean, you know, still under 30 years old, one of the best shortstops in the league. And, you know, they're they're hoping for a, a rebound this year from him. And then they've got some good pieces around them. Uh, Julian, uh, Eduardo Julian at second base and uh, uh, Matt Walner out in left field. Ryan Jeffers catches for him. Kirilov at first and then uh, – um, Castro and Vasquez and uh, Gordon Farmer and those guys will get some at bats at the DH position, and then uh, you know their their rotation. Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan, pretty strong. They're going to be looking to get uh, you know something from good young guys uh, in, in Bailey Ober, Chris Paddock, and uh, Louis Vardle or Varland. Um, uh, they've probably got one of the top five closers in the game in Johan Duran, and then they've got good pieces back there. And then uh, they just added uh, Anthony Descalfini from uh, Seattle, so we'll see how he kind of plays out for them. But uh, they're 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 good. I mean, they're going to probably be at the top of that uh, AL Central again this year. Yeah. Yeah, the Twins are, are a, one again, kind of one of those same teams that we were talking about that tends to reload within within the organization. Uh, it's just they always pop out a few players every year that you're like, man, you know, like, okay, all right, there, there's another one, you know. So uh, Minnesota definitely, over the last few years, has not been a team you can really see. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. And they're probably going to compete in that division again to win it. And uh um, you know, they're probably going to be looking at trying to hold off Cleveland, who uh, has made some 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 uh, uh, moves this year to kind of get a little bit better in the rotation. And uh, 
We'll see how it works out for them. They didn't trade like they, they said they were going to so far. So we'll kind of get an idea. Um, but, you know, they've got Jose Ramirez in the middle of that lineup. And, uh, you know, I like Andres Jimenez at second base. He's a really good defender. He's starting to come around at the plate a little bit. Um, they've got guys that I like, like Stephen Kwan's a pretty good player. Josh Naylor, uh, he's a pretty good player. He can play some first base, DH. Uh, um, they've got Laureano uh, in right field who's got a big arm and he's still under 30 years old. And then they've got uh, um, Josh Naylor's little brother, Bo Naylor, catching. And then uh, Miles Straw's a pretty good shortstop. And uh, they're going to rely on Kyle Manzardo this year, a uh, draft pick from uh, – it might have been just last year. Um Nah, 21. So, um, but they're going to, they're probably going to rely on him at first base this year. And, uh, you know, they've got our boy Austin Hedges there catching for them and, uh, um, you know, a bunch of young guys on their bench. And uh, Beaver, Shane Beaver uh, anchors the rotation and they got some young guys behind him, uh, McKenzie. BB Allen Williams that I imagine will all take a little bit of a step forward this year. And, uh, um, then the, uh, you know, another top five closer in the big leagues for them in Emmanuel Classe. the Rangers have been kind of linked to him. Uh, I don't know that the, the deal that was out there is what the Rangers would be, uh, interested in giving up for him, but, you know, I, I could imagine them being interested and they've got that deep farm that could, make some things happen for them. But uh, Cleveland, they'll be probably in the mix in the, um, in, in the central there. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, an interesting wild card team here in this central. Uh, well, I'll let you talk about Cleveland for a minute if you got anything. I, I think the only thing, move on. And, um, you know, I, I, I like Naylor, man. I, I don't know what it is about Naylor. He, he, well, which one? Do you, or the both? first baseman. Yeah, yeah, he's got kind of big he's got, uh, swag. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just I just like him. I feel like he might be a guy to watch out for. It could be kind of your sleeper. I don't know if MVP is the right word, but maybe breakout. You know, like a sleeper player to maybe have a breakout season if he stays healthy and his back can stay in the lineup. I th- I think he's gonna be a uh, uh, he might be a guy to, to keep an eye on to go out there and mash this year. Uh, and a guy that you might be keeping an eye on just in the fact that maybe next year at this time he may be available. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, if, the, I, if Cleveland I, if the Cleveland goes in a direction that is unbecoming of what they wanted this year, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he might be a, a guy, a bat that becomes available. Yeah, and he also kind of has that flair for the flair for the dramatic, and you know, the late inning. Uh, kind of, yeah, I like him. I think I like, I mean, and he hits, I mean, he hits the ball hard, and you know, there's not, not a lot not to like about him, you know. Well, are we going to talk about the White Sox at all? No, I'm going to move to Detroit because I think they're kind of fun. <laughs> oh, Detroit, Detroit has my eye a little bit, man. I, I think they're, I think they're going to be better. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they're going to be yeah. one of those teams that we don't, you don't quite see coming. Um, they wouldn't have even surprised me if they did that last year and, you know, maybe not even made the playoffs, but I still think even last year, they kind of, I thought they did. Yeah. Hard. I thought they made that run there at the end and really put themselves in a position to be kind of well thought of going into this season. No, I, I agree. I, I don't know. And and obviously the, you got the pedigree with the manager 
Uh, and they're young. Oh, man. I mean, outside of Mark Canna, um, you know, they're probably average at about 27 years old along that first or along, or along their uh, their starting ro- lineup. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, because when you look at it, I mean, uh, Meadows, Green in the outfield are 24, 23. Torkelson's still 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kerry Carpenter's 26. Uh, Colt Keith, who we just talked about that they signed, 22. Javier Baez is uh, 31 now. Mm-hmm. Um, McKinstry playing third over there at 28. Jake Rogers behind the plate, 28. So they're really young. Um Lots of excitement around some of those guys. You know, I mean, Riley Green has had a lot of uh, excitement around him for several years now. Uh, Spencer Torkelson kind of hasn't panned into the player that maybe they thought he would be being, uh, well, like the first draft or the first round pick, pick yep. one overall in the, in the COVID draft. And so, you know, I mean, they're interesting. They've got, they've still got a couple of guys on the bench. That is, our, our old buddy Andy Ibanez from the Rangers is still over there. And then they've got Carson Kelly backing up a catcher. And Mat- Mattoon's a pretty decent little player. And Beerling's not bad. So they got some guys. And, uh, you know, their rotation is going to be interesting because, uh, you know, Tarek Skubal is, I mean, he's been awesome. So far in his career, uh, they added Flaherty, Kenta Mieda, so they added some guys to help man some innings. And then uh, uh, Matt Manning's a young guy that's going to get an opportunity, Reese Olsen too. Um, uh, and then their bullpen, we've talked about guys that we wanted on their bullpen last year, uh, Jason Foley and Alex Lang, who were relatively you know, young at 28 with Will Vest, another guy that's 28 years old. And then they went out and got uh, Andrew Chafin to be the left-hander kind of out of the pen and uh, uh, maybe long relief for Shelby Miller. And, uh, you know, they got Joey Wentz, uh, who's a pretty good little piece that uh, didn't really pan out as a starter. So Detroit, they're they're interesting. They're one of those teams that you could see them. uh, They're well coached with A.J. Hinch, and you could see them being a, a contender. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do we, you want to do Kansas city or do you want to do Chicago? Oh man. I don't know. Let's do the, let's do the, the little Rangers. All right. So the Kansas city Ranger Royals, <laughs> Royal blue Rangers. Yep. Yep. So, uh, you know, when you, when you really look at it though, there aren't just a ton of guys. There's some guys that are, um, in the bullpen and in the rotation that used to be Rangers, but for the most part, I mean, a lot of guys that they've brought in and built through the draft in the last couple of years. Um, uh, you know, they've still got Salvi Perez, who's a mainstay there at catcher, um, DH, depending on where they want to put him. But uh, they've got uh, um, Hunter Renfro. They went out and got him this year, hoping that he can bounce back a little bit from last year. But then after that, it's a bunch of guys that they drafted and they brought in. Um, via um, either trade when they were young or amateur draft or amateur uh, signing period. And, you know, MJ Melendez, uh, Bobby Witt Jr., Vinny Pasquatino, Michael Massey, uh, Kyle Isbell, and Michael Garcia. I've been pretty much all those guys that start on their team are all, uh, you know, homegrown guys that they've built. And uh, they went out to get Adam Frazier to – 
to help out with uh, infield depth. And, uh, um, you know, they're going to rely on Cole Raggins um, as their as their ace this year. And we'll kind of see if uh, what happened towards the end of last year continues to pan out. Uh, they went out and got Waka and Lugo. And then they're going to finish out their rotation with uh, Brady Singer and your favorite guy in the big leagues, Jordan Lyles. Oh man, that's a great that's a great segue to talk about. Well, no, actually, Bobby Witt Jr., another guy that I think could be a sleeper MVP if the Royals do even a little bit of something. I believe the league loves him. I love him. I think he's a heck of a ball player, but I, I think they at least want him to get one uh, because uh, he has kind of got that star that kind of that star quality star caliber. And he put up some pretty gaudy numbers last year. I think he hit like 30 home runs and stole like. Well, and the, the Central's a place for it, too. Like, I mean, they can sneak into the playoffs, get good starts from that top half of the rotation. And the next thing you know, they're in the World Series and they're car- getting carried by um, Salvi Perez, who's been there before, and Bobby Witt Jr., that's uh, making that name for himself. Well, and I think in a year where, you know, we had that all the hoopla and for rightfully so um, all the hoopla around the, the 40, 70 season that um, that Acuna had. But listen, man, Bobby Witt Jr. Last year hit 30 home runs and stole 49 bases. So yeah, he was almost, almost 30, 50 guy. Yeah, uh, that's, that's impressive. No, and, you know, I think that, you know, I kind of talked about one way it could go for Bobby Witt, but Bobby Witt's the type of guy that when he's, you know, at the end of his time with, with Kansas City could be dealt sort of in the same route that Carlos Beltran was hmm. and then make his name in the playoffs after he gets traded too. Well, talk about a travesty. The guy made $745,000 last year to uh, – Part of being 23. Yeah, to put up a – a four and a half war. And you know, another interesting. Well, that's going to get him 300 million in a couple of years. Well, pro- and, and rightfully so. Um, but you know, another important part, like a nice little ad with him, he went from a negative D war last, like as a rookie, to he moved into the positive last year. So I, I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, there were talks of moving him off of sec- shortstop. Yeah. And I, I start just... the season last year and mm-hmm. those talks have disappeared. Yeah, and his stock is rising. The other thing that he's starting to show, like, and maybe it's, you know, I mean, it's early, but so far in his minor league and major league career, durability, 150 games as a rookie, 158 games last year. Um, It's been a long time since we've seen a player. uh, You know, obviously Marcus Simeon is about the only one that I can think up off the top of my head. wants to play every day. That's day in, day out in the lineup, so. Uh, lots to like about Bobby. Well, Wilson. and a guy that I would like to see for the Royals to become an everyday lineup guy and stay in the lineup and stay healthy this year is uh, uh, Big Vinny Pasquatino. Oh, yeah. I think like Pasquatch was some of the funnest part of last year's season for the Royals and him getting hurt and you know uh, put a damper on the fun in Kansas City. But but anyways, I want to see him healthy for a full season. I want to see what he does. I want to see a mash. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let, we got to do it. The yeah. elephant in the room, right? No, no, I don't know. I mean, it's not really that awful. Like they're, no, they're I... not going to win seventy. <laughs> yeah, they're going to win about seventy games, but it isn't just terrible. This isn't like the worst 
the lineup I've ever like. This is an Oakland A's from last year lineup. I mean, there's they've still got guys like Ben and and then Andrew Vaughn, who's a young guy that uh, could pan out a little bit more, take another step this year. And then they've got Robert Jr. in center field, who's a really good player, and Moncada playing third, who you know he makes some mistakes over there, but he's a pretty good player. And Eloy Jimenez, I mean, that one through five is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 were a contender. I mean, just a couple of years ago, they a couple were... of years ago. Yeah, I mean, I know they, they dealt some pitching and some guys left, but you know, I mean, it, it takes a start a sharp decline after uh, Jimenez, but it's not awful. I mean, they went out and got Maldonado to catch, Paul De Jong to play shortstop, and then they've got uh, a young guy, Oscar Colas, that they're going to be relying on um, as a, a, a the right fielder, and then. Um, going to probably play Nicky Lopez or um, maybe uh, Lenya Sosa at second base. And then, uh, you know, their rotation. I mean, it's not awful. I mean, Dylan Cease isn't a, you know, he's not that I, you know, Cease may not be there come opening day, but even then they've got uh, the, the KBO uh, pitcher of the year, Eric Fetty. Michael Kovich, Michael Sorka, Chris Flexen, and then, uh, um, you know, Garrett Crotchet that could probably get some, uh, get a spot in the rotation or Tuki Toussaint uh, if Dylan Cease is gone. Or whatever you call it. He's got good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. He And he's an interesting case because he's just really kind of coming into his own now at 27. Mm. So yeah. I'll be interested to see what happens with him, but he was – pretty productive for them down the stretch last year. Um, and then they signed John Brebbia in the bullpen, who I think is going to help them some. And uh, Gregory Santos isn't awful um, as the closer. He had some mistakes last year, but you got to look at it. He's 24 years old. So, um, you know, uh, this isn't the worst, like, like this isn't the worst lineup that we've ever looked over on this show. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, man, it's like it happened again. We did it again. No, it just poof, and there's 40 minutes. Yeah, we did it again. It happened, uh, and I ain't mad about it. No, me neither. Me neither. Another one in the bag. Um, you know, this has been one of those weeks where we had to scratch and claw, but uh, but we made it. We and, made uh, it we're through, here. and we made it to February, and, uh, you know, you know how it is in Texas. I mean, you get through February, and it's like, spring and you know man there's a good chance we'll have some nice 70 and 80 degree days here in in february so baseball season's right around the corner and it always feels that way in texas when february hits so you know i'm looking forward to it i know we've had you know we still got winter to go but we're getting close and you know and you know how it is in texas it always kind of makes you feel like spring a couple of days of the of, of february yeah yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, this has been Texas Rangers with the boys. Check us out on social media, TX Rangers WTV. Uh, don't forget to check us out on the World Wide Web at TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. Just one word. Where you can subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys. We cover all things Rangers, minor league. Thank you for following us on your favorite podcasting platform for the 300-pound animal. This is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys. Signing out.